All right, you guys, welcome back to Best Self Radio. I'm your host, Haley, and I'm so excited to have the first guest of 2024. You guys know I promised guests this year, and we're starting off with an amazing one. We have Elena Lucci Eni, right? Yeah? Yeah. yeah <laughs> amazing. Amazing. So welcome to the show, Elena. So happy to have you here. I am so happy to be here, and I'm just so excited to dive in and see where the conversation goes. Amazing. Love it. So Elena is the owner of Training to Excel. So she's a fellow entrepreneur, entrepreneur, and we've had many convos, coffees over, you know, that whole journey. And her like specialty that we're really going to dive in today is strength and conditioning. And you can go into a little bit more of like your company, your values and like your I love your motto as well. So if you just want to kind of start there with uh, with your journey behind uh, training to excel. Yeah, so training to excel was actually born when I was working as a full time collegiate strength coach. So I actually worked in the collegiate setting for five years at about four different universities. And I was a student athlete myself. So I think I got into strength and conditioning because I really saw the value in putting time and effort outside of my sport and how it was so positively impacting me in my sport. So my sport was basketball. I came after two older brothers. So whenever they were doing their off-season training, I kind of joined along. And that's really when my love for strength conditioning started. And so I did my degree in kinesiology while I played four years of basketball and a year of lacrosse. And after I graduated, I had the very unique opportunity of starting the strength conditioning program, or I should say the foundation of it, at Laurier which was my alma mater. And that was, I guess, my first bout of entrepreneurial yeah. life because I really did, I had to put together a business proposal. I had to put together a plan. I had to pitch it to the athletics department. So that was actually a really cool process to go through. And I think one that I don't acknowledge enough as like part of what started this like entrepreneurial itch, I mm. guess. But Training to Excel was actually born out of a need for continued support for my athletes that were transitioning from university to adulthood. So a lot of them were saying, Elena, I don't, I'm graduating this year. I don't know what to do in the gym. Can you write me a program? And so my mom, who actually is an entrepreneur, she was the one that was like, I think you should register yourself as a business to create some legitimacy. And then that way, if there's like an exchange of money and things like that, Mm -hmm. it's, it's more legit. So I did that in November of 2015 and it kind of started to snowball from there. So I actually used Training to Excel originally to program for people. I think I created a couple ebooks here and there. And then I actually just used it as a platform to share my journey as a young strength conditioning coach and a young female strength conditioning mm-hmm. coach in a very male dominated industry. So it just kind of started as a little side hustle along that path. I was at Laurier for two years and then I did my master's in sports science and recreation with a distinction in coaching at Ohio University and still just kind of like growing things. I would write blog posts. I would, I think at that point I was creating some more like resources and eBooks and I was doing my precision nutrition and just starting to really kind of acquire all these different certifications and different learnings. And then I came home, I got a job at York University and then in all the while I knew eventually I wanted training to excel to be Yeah, like the main thing. But in my head, I just kept putting it off. I thought, you know, when I'm older, when I do this, when I have more experience. Mm. And it was in that summer, I had just accepted a job at York University. And my dad 
very suddenly passed away. And I share that because obviously it was a very pivotal Mm -hmm. moment in my life. But when you, when something like that happens, you're really forced to reflect. And I went into that year at York and I was like, I'm going to give it everything I have. But there were so many moments of me sitting alone in the weight room, just the way the schedule was set up. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start chipping away and I'm just going to start kind of like putting a little bit more out on social media and and building things here and there. And it was after a year, I resigned from my full-time position. And I said, I'm going to give myself a year and see what happens. And I'm happy to say that that was April of 2018 and we're now in January of 2024. So hopefully I'm doing something right to, you know, be able to do this, but training to Excel really is a space for education for programming and coaching for my athletes in sport and athletes in life, along with also the education and mentorship for other strength conditioning coaches, personal trainers, and movement practitioners. So I kind of have like two pockets of my Mm -hmm. business. So I still do a lot of programming and training and coaching one-on-one small group for, like I said, both athletes in sport and athletes in life. And I think you don't need a a distinguished playing field to be considered an athlete. I think Mm -hmm. it's more a mindset and it's important for me to kind of create that team environment where everyone feels like they belong. Everyone feels like they're in a safe space to like challenge themselves and fail and grow and get better and have people to lean on and support. So I really am trying to mimic what I learned from the collegiate setting as an athlete myself and as a collegiate strength conditioning coach and build that for the everyday athlete. So yeah, training to excel in sport at work and in life. Amazing. I feel like I could talk so much about it. So I apologize. For no, please don't. It's so interesting because obviously like if, if the listener doesn't know, like we're, we're friends and we've spent yeah. lots of times chatting and I knew like the, like the bigger pieces of your story, but mm-hmm. just like the, the smaller pieces, like even like, obviously I knew your dad had passed, but I didn't know it was so sudden. And it was really like, um, like, you know, like that match that lit for you and mm-hmm. I like I just wrote down like full body like chills and goosebumps with that like I just I don't know I find like it's so powerful when we can share just like a sentence and someone on the other side of a screen can like really feel that emotion and like how much energy and love is behind what you do and like I can see that in you like anytime we talk about it but I feel Mm -hmm. like definitely having that like that part of your story really really comes through with what you do on a daily basis so that was really beautiful um that makes me like so that makes me happy because I I think my dad is a big reason why I do a lot of mm -hmm. what I do my dad was a longtime coach and educator and actually really wanted me to be a teacher he just would always say he called me peach and he would always say oh peach you you belong in the classroom and I remember thinking like god bless any teachers listening but it is like not the role that I want to be in it is a special (laughs) breed to be a teacher but it is when I started doing the courses in the clinics and started getting into that education space that's when I was like oh my gosh I just needed to find my classroom. Like it right. wasn't, it wasn't a matter of like not being a teacher. I just had to, it, it didn't have to be in that traditional setting. For sure. It could actually be in, you know, uh, my own setting, the one that I create. So that's a really powerful place for me to be able to continue my dad's legacy. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. And like, 
it definitely comes through for you and everything that you do. And I see that you do. So that's beautiful. Um, and it's so, yeah, it's so cool. Like to see your journey to entrepreneurship, like everyone's is so different. Right. And I know for me, like it was, it was so much, like, I think for me, it was like one of those where you're almost like, tr like trying to like become an entrepreneur because you just like see this like freedom. And like at, when I started doing, it was much more when it was like more mainstream on Instagram and like the Fitspo people were doing it and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that seems pretty cool. Like to get paid to just like show your active wear or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I'm like happy to see that mine's evolved away from that, but it's definitely <laughs> why I wanted to get into it. Um, okay. And so it's so like nice. And again, like you can just see that come through with the way that you put your work out there. It's such a much more like organic way that it has developed for you um and yeah again like you can just tell that you're like you are meant to do what you're doing and like creating such a beautiful space um on this you know in their little part of the internet and i just want everyone to follow you because again we're gonna talk about why that is today just because of the quality of content you put out and it's very different from your like typical person that's into fitness and health and you know I mean I wouldn't say strength training but like I even feel like there's not enough content about strength training out there like it's yeah. under this like fitness umbrella but all, mm -hmm. most of the content is just kind of chasing likes or chasing views or chasing partnerships or all of that kind of stuff instead yeah. of really educating and that's obviously I know for you and me like that's what we would like to see more of so the first question I have for you in that is have you always been able to really be in your lane like because of the background you've come from and has that been challenging for you like how have you navigated that like as you've gotten into this like as you started in 2015 it became like full-time 2018 which like definitely 2015, like Instagram wasn't something people were making businesses out of yet. And even 2018 yeah. was like, I, I always kind of think of you as like one of the first Toronto fitness people too. <laughs> and so it was like not yeah. something that people were really doing. But then in the, like since you've had your business, like just exploded. Has that been totally. challenging for you at all or more more easy for you just because of like your background and where you've come from? You know what? I actually think maybe just as I get older and grow mm. as a young woman, I think becoming more sure of myself and what I have to offer, I think in ways it has become easier. I think what's really interesting about the social media space is I think that the average person can't decipher between the difference between a fitness influencer and an actual like coach mm, or trainer so good and unfortunately i think social media has like really blurred the line so people like don't you know they follow a fitness influencer not knowing that they're actually not certified and they're only influencing on these things because they have money they have matching sets like they like look the part yeah and not understanding that they're actually not qualified to educate on certain things and to be honest, when I first started, I think I found that really frustrating, especially because I was working in training facilities with high performance athletes. I was working at the collegiate setting. And then when I moved to Toronto, I remember people, <laughs> I, I was working 
at a, a gym downtown and people would be like, oh, like, did you just start this year? And I'm thinking to myself, I've done a kinesiology degree. I've done my master's degree. I've been a collegiate strength coach for six years. And I'm thinking, what, because I just moved to Toronto or because I just started posting more on Instagram? Like, right. I thought it was so interesting. But then I'm also like, I can't blame people because a lot of times they're basing things off of someone's social media presence or how many followers they have or how many partnerships. And I think when I started to understand the difference between like, this is a fitness quote unquote influencer and this is an actual like coach or trainer, I think it's just really important to be able to see the difference between Mm. the two. And, And that can be challenging and something I'm trying to educate on my platform more is like, if you don't know what the letters beside our names mean, like ask, like I love when people are like, what does MSC mean? Or what does CSCS mean? I'm like more than happy to kind of break those down because I do have a lot of people reach out to me saying, Hey, like I want to work with you because of your credentials, which I think is really awesome. Yeah. And instead of complaining about things, because I think it can be really easy to complain about the BS that's out there. A couple of years ago, I kind of made a point to say, okay, It's okay if we vent every once in a while. And my husband and my close circle are people I can vent to. I've vented to you before about it. But I I want to be the change that I wish to see in the industry. Mm. So instead of going out and like pointing fingers and and bashing other people, I'm just going to, you know what? Nope. I'm just going to carry myself in a way that I would like to see more of on social media. So my core values are impact, integrity, education, and connection. Mm. And... I try to lead with that in real life. I try to lead with that with my services, with my coaching, and very much with my social media. And I definitely think in recent years, it's gotten more challenging to grow, which can be frustrating as a small business owner. But the only reason I want to see growth in my community is so I can, you know, hopefully continue making a positive impact with a greater reach. And if that's slow, then so be it. Because I would rather align and connect with the right people. And as you said, stay in my lane and be able to educate on the things that are within my scope of practice. And I'm like, I I have no problem outsourcing to someone in my network. I have no problem Mm -hmm. sending people to other strength coaches because if I'm not the right one for this individual, like I I truly want to see that person win. And I think on social media, people want just want everything for themselves yeah I'm like oh it's such a weird and don't get me wrong I've met I'm pretty sure we met via Instagram so I've met some incredible people Mm -hmm. but it is it it can be a very very frustrating space because people with big platforms are speaking in absolutes they Mm -hmm. are, are discrediting you know other yeah they're discrediting like other forms of movement we were just kind of chatting about someone with a big platform essentially knocking strength training and I'm like oh my gosh you're doing all the women of the world such a disservice Mm -hmm. by sharing this and there's nothing wrong with like hyping up your modalities or hyping up what you do and recognizing that there's other ways to do things so something I try to be super super mindful of is the language that I use so instead of being like these are the only three Mm -hmm. core exercises you ever need to do it's like here are three core exercises I like to program for this reason 
And the other day I, I, I posted three core exercises and I was like, no fancy hooks. These are just three core <laughs> exercises, just period. Like, yeah. You're just three more options. Not like these are the best for this. Right. Get a six pack by June. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, none of that. So sure. I try not to speak in absolute statements. I try to be mindful that there's different modalities and different practitioners that see things from a different perspective and still being able to, you know, educate on what I'm most passionate about and what I'm, you know, my expertise is in. Yeah. Yeah. Like a few, yeah, a few things I want to like go off on there. It's like just you're one of your core values, which is mine as well as integrity. So it's like you posting something just to get more views or more followers makes zero sense because one, it's out of alignment, out of integrity for you. So you're going to feel a little ick about it. And also you're probably not going to be pulling in the people that are going to resonate with you. Right. And that's definitely Mm -hmm. something that I've had to learn along the way as well. Um, especially like, I'm not sure if you work with a lot of business coaches, but I definitely have. And some are like super helpful and I've learned so much. And like, I do feel like it's valuable, but a lot of the time they are wanting you to create content that is like polarizing and content that does that. And I shared that story with you before where I created a little polarizing. I did it my way that I, again, I wasn't bashing any modality, but even that Mm -hmm. just is like, that I felt that like out of integrity with myself. And I was like, that's not worth it. You know, like just to get more views on my page, like I don't care, like that doesn't align with me. And again, like that's not gonna pull in people that are gonna wanna work with me or that I'm gonna be able to help anyway. So it's just like, it's a lose-lose. <laughs> and it's it's always interesting to me when, I'm gonna say quote unquote business coaches, <laughs> there are some fantastic yeah, 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 business for coaches sure. out there. <laughs> And there are also people that I think are like playing into whatever's current. And what's really important for me is I, everything I do, I, I want it to be sustainable. So Mm. of course, like there are trends here and there and, and, you know, there are ebbs and flows in my business and different projects that I work on at different points in the year. But for the most part, I want these services and offerings and these things that I share to be something that is sustainable. And when I look Mm. at when my business started in 2015 to now, obviously so much has changed. And I was actually speaking with another group about this actually earlier today. And one of the questions was, you know, what sort of marketing do you do and Mm. where do you do your sales and all these things? And without fail from the start of my business to now, so much has changed on social media. But what I always come back to is referrals and word of mouth. And yes, Sometimes that totally happens on social media, for sure. Yeah. Someone's like, hey, send me my reel of you know the difference between a squat and a hinge to a friend. And then their friend starts following me. And then their friend starts engaging. And that's great. But that can also happen in real life. Yeah. And so it's like, sure, there are these things that we could utilize social media for. But it's like, what if Instagram is nothing mm. in three years? Like, I don't want to put all my eggs in the basket of just like, building this massive community that then doesn't do anything. Like, I don't think that's actually a valuable return on investment as a business owner. Again, I think like social media is a fantastic space to connect with people. It's a fantastic space for brand awareness. It's like, there, there are so many benefits, but I'm like, I just, I don't want to spend hours a day creating content to get my views. Like 
when that doesn't pay my bills. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not an influencer. So like that, I don't get paid for being on social media, uh, you know, in, in indirect yeah. ways. Yeah. Like if someone sees no, I, my eBooks and purchases yeah. it, but like, no, I know what you mean. And I think, I think I was actually, that was one other thing from the, what we were saying before is like, it's just one tool, right? Like to, for us to use. And I know like from COVID times when it was our only tool, the <laughs> joy when things were opened up and you could have in like person connection and build that like in-person community. And it was actually just yesterday, like I just like was like just feeling so much gratitude for the in-person community and connections. And what I actually find is like, I have the in-person and the IG or like the online and they really like mesh really well together because then it's like you can be like having this conversation with someone in person. You can either share your page or someone else that you're like, I think this person can help you. So like, I think it's a good like website business card that's online, right? Yeah. For us to totally. utilize. But yeah, I totally agree with you. It's like, we're not gonna be putting all of our eggs into a basket of something we don't even own, right? And again, you have no idea what's gonna happen. Um, and so like at the end of the day, for me, what I've really had to do is like, I use this, like, yes, it's a business building tool, but I also mm-hmm. really try to make sure that I'm in, like enjoying it too and not like forcing totally. stuff, right? Like I know we don't enjoy everything we totally. do for work, but it's not that it's yeah. like that, you know, you're like forcing all this content, forcing to stay with the trends, like all of that kind of stuff and really being like, yeah. oh, I had this thought today. This would help one person out there. Let's put it out there in the universe and see who resonates with it, right? Versus yeah. being like, yeah. okay, I have to do six posts this week or whatever it is, you know, just like mm-hmm. being a little bit more authentic with it. Like I, again, I get, I think like for me, just like how I'm like, just like in line, like have to be in te- integral with what I do. Like that just resonates so mm-hmm. much more than having like things you have to check off the list, you know? Totally. I always think of the scene from the intern or the internship with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, oh yeah the I like think. google one when yeah, yeah when Vince Vaughn is like well what if we develop this app where you take a picture and then you instantaneously put it on the web and the woman was like yeah that's Instagram and he was like no no like you take it and immediately put like instantaneously and she's like yeah Instagram. that's already a thing and I actually come back to that often because mm-hmm. I, you see so much curated content on yeah. social media and like sometimes I like batch prep things and there's, there's sure. nothing wrong with that but sometimes I get caught up watching these people that have like all the different camera angles and, yeah. and I'm like oh my gosh well, should my text look like I, I get caught up in this oh and then I'm like no I think part of this app is taking what's happening in real time mm. and just uploading it yeah and so before you know my condo gym doesn't have any natural light and i know that's like not always ideal like the lighting is kind of weird and it's kind of dark but then i'm like but i'm film. that's that's where i film because i i want it to be i'm filming portions of my workout i, I put it in my stories and then oftentimes i take that and, and turn it into something in feed yeah and the and end I'm of the like, day you and i aren't content creators we're coaches, we're right? I, I think that's something I have to come back to too. It's like, this isn't my job to create content. It's a tool I use to reach people, mm-hmm. but it's like, we're coaches. Mm-hmm. 
That's what we mm-hmm. do. And that's what we should be spending more of our time, more of our money, investing more in that versus like getting yeah. the perfect angle. So like hundred yeah. percent, like feel yeah. you on that. And I, I think what I've had fun with on social media, when I do enjoy my time on social media, <laughs> it's when I've been able to connect with people based off of some of the like personality stuff I post, if that mm. makes sense. So yeah. it's like maybe the, yeah, you're I into like your fashion posts. I love it. Yeah, yeah like just like the random things I feel like it, it is a great space to connect with people and I, I think if anyone follows me they know what I stand for and yeah. the type of content but especially in my stories I feel like I can you know show maybe like more of my character more of my personality and I am trying to gain more confidence in my style journey that I'm going on this year mm-hmm. and being able to like I love watching people's like fit checks and and all of those things. So I do want to get to a place where I have more confidence just to post those things. I, I do think I have, I do have a lot of men that follow me and a lot of like male colleagues in the strength gotcha. conditioning space. And unfortunately I think I kind mm. of stop myself sometimes because I'm like, Oh, they won't care about it. But then I have such a massive population, a, a massive part of my community that whenever I do post those things, they're like, I've been looking for jeans that fit athletic legs or like, I'm yeah. so tall and I'm like looking for a pair of pants and I'm like, you know, those are the people I have to focus on. I can't worry about what other sure. people think. Yeah, I found that way with too with me, just like more niching into women and being like, of course I have men that follow me. Like I've been a PT for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like I've trained a lot of guys like, off, or and then obviously just like friends yeah. or relative, whatever. Like, you know, like think I always kind of thinking like, I'm literally like sending this email to my dad and I'm like, what's up girl? <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, also like he, <laughs> he subscribes, he follows me to support me, not actually to buy my service. Yeah. right so I had to be yeah. like that because that was just naturally how I wanted to talk more and I wanted to just like more address mm-hmm. women and I realized I was like kind of like okay I'm starting a new page and then I'm like no 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 you're not like you it doesn't matter if there's a handful of people like they're just here to support you they're not here to buy your services anyway so it's just like speak yeah. how you want to but yeah there's definitely like those times where like this this is kind of weird but also again like you're speaking to the masses and the people that you actually like yeah like your idea you know, more ideal client or, or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. So, okay. Something came up of what we were talking about before when you said absolutes. So one of my clients this morning actually asked me, what are some of like the red flags or things that I, um, take into consideration when I'm consuming like a podcast or a book or Instagram, whatever it is, like, you know, what are those like red flags? And one of them is what I, what I said was like, if anyone says like it's black or white, like when they're, they don't bring nuance yeah. into it or anything like that's when like red flag up, like not even going to look at anything that you post. <laughs> is there, yeah. uh, obviously yeah. that sounds like it's one of yours as well. Is there anything else that you, you do, you, um, help your, you know, your clients or people in your world and that you could share with mm-hmm. us that would be a red flag or something to like, you know, maybe caution if you you're either looking for a coach or just looking to help like consume helpful content, especially around strength conditioning, building muscle, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is like a hundred percent. My number one red flag is this, if anyone's like, this is the only way to do something. I'm out. Yeah. Sorry. It, in there, there, I feel like the only absolute statement we can make is like, most people would do well drinking water in yeah or movement is good for you (laughs) you know like yeah movement movement can be like but even I catch myself being like can could because 
it, my favorite answer to any question is it depends. Yeah. There's always so many variables. So I would definitely caution people. If you have someone that's coming on saying like, this is how you, if you want to do this, you need to do this. Please just, just put, you know, a bit of a radar on. Yeah. That's a great question though. I think some of the, the ones that are coming to mind is for me and in my space, I think it's a red flag when people, not that they don't share their certifications, but if Mm. they're, if they have no intent to continue learning, Mm -hmm. I think, and, and that's something that maybe is a little bit harder to discern if you're just like watching someone's stories and stuff, but I can think of a couple people probably in the Toronto space that I'm like, it's so interesting that your classes constantly, like your events and stuff constantly sell out. But I'm like, I never see you mention your certification, how you're continuing to grow and learn. And I just really want to hone in on the fact that if you are trusting someone with your body and your health, they sure as hell better know about the body and about mm-hmm. health. Like, I'm not saying that everyone needs to have done a kinesiology degree or everyone needs to have done this like one particular certification, but I am always super impressed with people that are like, oh, I'm taking this course or I'm like learning more about this or, you know, I, I've certified in this and I'm continuing to grow and branch out. And I think that's where you really start to see the difference between fitness influencers and actual coaches and trainers. I, yeah, I'm really passionate about this topic because I just think it's so dangerous. And I think, you know, God bless my husband. He, he is a lifelong athlete and has taken, he's in my small group training program, but I wouldn't necessarily trust him to put together a sound program. Right. Right. And he admits that he was like, sure, I could put together a workout that makes someone sweat, but he's like, I have no idea what it's actually doing to their body. And that's like anyone can make someone sweat. So when I see these like quick mm. circuits to burn this or like blah, blah, blah to me- ramp your metabolism, like just all these like buzzwords. Yeah. And I'm like watching what they put together and I'm like, actually, you don't know what's going on from a physiological level. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying everyone needs to have this like super extensive background. I think there's a lot of information that's available to us to continue learning but I just feel like it's such a responsibility we have to take care of someone's body. Yeah. And if they're investing time and money into us, like I want to do my due diligence to ensure that if they get injured or if they're working through something, like I have the tools yeah. to be able to navigate that in a safe way. So in my mind, it's like, sure, these like fitness influencers might run these like workout classes and everyone loves it because they sweat so much. But what if you get injured? Yeah. What, what if you go with an ailment and, and you need to modify and they don't know how to do that? Yeah. That's dangerous. Like, it doesn't matter if you, sure, you sign a waiver. Yeah, yeah. I hope you sign a waiver. Yeah. But, like, to me, that, that feels really irresponsible. For sure. So, I, 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 again, I know I kind of went off on a no, bit of a no. tangent because I think sometimes it is hard to, like, discern that because not everyone puts their credentials in their profile I yeah. do because I'm proud of them yeah I've worked hard on them for sure 
I think, I so, think, I, like, yeah, something yeah. like just to go off that is like, even just I, what you said, like people ask you about those things. So even if maybe someone doesn't have it in their bio, but if you are a consumer, maybe looking for that, like, you know, send them a DM and just say like, I'm just curious, like, you know, I'm interested in, or even not, or like, I'm just interested in like, you know, I don't, I don't know what way to cert. I, w- I wouldn't want to be like, what certification do you hold? But I don't know. It's like worth something like kind of getting into conversation mm-hmm. going with someone if you're interested in either getting coaching or, you know, you're consuming a lot of their content and just having a conversation, maybe like off a reel with them just about, you know, what they are certified in yeah, or, or what they... A lot of, you know, a lot of individuals will put Q&A boxes. Like, For that's sure. like a perfect time. I feel like I almost want to start doing that more and be like, okay, show me. Like, what are your certifications? Yeah. What yeah, do you yeah, continue sure. to do? Like, so, and I mean, I again, like, like, I do a better job of that myself. But. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to go off that too. Like, I find sometimes I can, I can feel like I'm being judgy of other people. And I don't think we are. Like, I think both of us just hold, like, such a high responsibility for us as coaches and practitioners to provide a service that is going to help that person on their journey whatever it is that we just like feel a little bit like like scared for that individual and what that like might you know ripple effect would happen and like you know the people that they take on like that's where it comes like from me like I'm just like oh god like do you do you know what you're doing like especially in like my I'm a little bit more I do some you know strength conditioning and personal training but you know, you're, you're the go-to girl for that. And I do more of like, you know, nutrition and hormones and gut and like stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. I just freaking boils my blood when I see gut resets. I'm like, you, what are you doing? Like, what is this? Like, it's just, it's not helpful. Like it's not like it's getting a few yeah. people in the yeah. door, but it the, like in 30 days, like they're back to where they were. And if they actually have a gut problem, their lemon water yeah. ain't going to help anything. So it's just like, it just like, it just, and again, it's just from a place of like, you're not helping people. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's, it's more like, I feel like as people in the space, it's like, we almost feel a responsibility to help protect people because we we really want what's best for everyone. And we know that we can't, we, both of us physically can't serve everyone in our community. Right. Like, so it's obviously people are going to go seek programming and seek guidance from other people. And I, I would, I would just hope that other people value their roles and their education. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying we're perfect and we're no, the only ones that do not. it. There's a lot of awesome. Oh yeah, exactly. There's so many there. good ones out there, but it's like the analogy I think of is like, would you want to go to a dentist because they have nice teeth? Or would you rather go to a dentist that like went to dental school and got the appropriate education? That's what I mean. Like, why is this industry so different than any other industry? And it's our health. It's our body and our health. Like, it's the most important thing that we have. Why is this area, why are we being taught by people that, like, I just, that this blows my mind. It blows my mind. Like, again, you wouldn't go yeah. to just some random guy on the street to fix your car. You're going to go to a mechanic, right? Yeah. Like, it's just like every yeah. other business has these, like, levels of, like, certification <laughs> and, like, qualifications that people go to. And then when mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I'm bloated all the time. Oh, I'm going to join this got reset with an influencer who has a flat stomach. Like, What? And, and the thing is, is like, I, I never want to knock anyone else's hustle. It's not that like, never. I, I, I don't doubt that content creation is, is actually very challenging. And like, 
you you lack a lot of privacy when you're willing to put your whole life online and that comes with its challenges i think it's more the the lack of responsibility in in actually educating on on what you're trying to educate on so it's like i've seen some individuals let's say build online platforms but they actually aren't educated to deliver that information like and and of course like with social media anyone can say you know this has worked for me so i'm sharing it and and i do appreciate when people yes, have that disclaimer of course but it's like i think some people also have to realize that like they carry a lot of responsibility when you have a big platform and you do have to be really intentional and cognizant with how you go about sharing information because I can think of several individuals that are doing quite well probably financially with like their online platforms and all these different things and I'm like I actually don't even know if they're certified Mm -hmm. and 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 maybe they are and maybe that's not something they feel like they need to share and that's fine because I, I think it also is important to remind everyone that we only ever see the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. But yeah, I just feel like people's health and physiology and anatomy are not something to play around with. So I would just encourage everyone listening is just look at things in, especially on the space of social media with critical eye. If someone is telling you that this is the only way to achieve something, take a step back, say, is this something that is going to add to my lifestyle? And, and perhaps you do go into things where you, you try things out and sometimes it works better than you think, or sometimes you're just like, Oh, that wasn't for me. And that's okay. Like, yeah, that's like running a business. I just trial and error everything. But if you are going to invest a lot of time and money into something, I would just take a second to really do your research. And if that means reaching out to the person to ask them questions or, you know, seeing some social proof and seeing if it's worked for other people, which again is something you want to be careful of. Like there's just so many like intricacies that it is hard to, like I'm someone that's educated in the space and I even go on and I'm like, wait, what? Like I get confused. So I can't imagine how someone that isn't in this space, how they feel receiving all this. I honestly, I honestly feel it is just like absolutes, big red flag. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, if you Mm -hmm. see that, then like, you know, do a little bit more, more digging maybe. And yeah, I think it's like, it's never harmful to just be kind of like watching that person a little bit, you know, on social, obviously, if you like resonate with them or, you know, set up a call with them Mm -hmm. or like, you know, whatever, like that too, right. Of just like getting to know the person Mm -hmm. a little bit before just jumping, jumping into something. And again, like, I know for me, I've taken a lot of wrong steps in health and fitness. So that's okay too, right? Like that's going to happen <laughs> depending on your age. You know, if you're in yeah. your 20s, like it's kind of meant for that, right? So that's going to happen. It's totally. just like, you know, I hope I hope you find us, you know, when <laughs> when you're ready to to make those like long-term changes. But anyway, let's tr- change gears because I could talk about okay. this forever and I can get really mm-hmm. heated yeah. about it. Let's, let's cool down. Um, so <laughs> what I really also want to, pick your brain on and share with the audience is just the importance now that we kind of talked about um you know mm-hmm. you know the difference that you provide versus just like fitness influencing what is the the importance and the benefits of strength training and before we get there actually can you define strength training for the audience because again like 
that's something that is often so often misunderstood, like with like high intensity training or boot camps or just like fitness influencing in general. What is strength training and how is that going to benefit women? And why should we all be doing it, especially in our 30s? <laughs> yes. So strength training is essentially adding external load onto our muscles and joints in, in some capacity. And there's and there's a lot of different ways that you can add resistance. So in a lot of like scientific articles, they'll call it resistance training, mm-hmm. but it's adding some sort of resistance or external load on our joints and muscles that will force it to get stronger against that, that stimulus. So when you add weight to something, there's actually little micro tears that happen in your muscle, like your muscle fibers start to create little micro tears. And it's when they repair and recover that they get stronger. So over time, they can start to withstand and become more resilient against those external loads. Not only is that so important for keeping our joints healthy, but it's also going to help with bone density. It's going to help with overall energy and mood. I think there's also the less tangible parts of strength training, which is like feeling hella strong and very empowered because you're essentially putting yourself in a challenging position and having to overcome that adversity, right? It's like a small scale of, you know, obviously it's not fun when something stressful happens in our life and, and we have to kind of navigate adversity, but it's almost like giving yourself micro doses of it mm. in, in a very controlled environment. So I think there's a lot of mental benefits to strength training on top of actually creating more muscle mass to, to, you know, create more resiliency around the joints to help, you know, like I said, bone density and energy, like there's from a physiological standpoint, there's a lot of benefits, but I also think just, it's very, very empowering and very encouraging to lift a heavy weight and to see yourself progress over several weeks to be able to engage in activities and, you know, play and move in different ways and feel strong and resilient and feel like you're not going to get injured all the time. I think recovery is also huge. So when you build up muscle mass and, and that's not necessarily like, you know, you're not like yeah. bulking up, it's just, you know, building up muscle it's also going to help you recover faster. Hmm. So, you know, maybe when you're like coming out of recovery from an illness or an injury, your body is, is almost like building a shield of armor Hmm. that makes it a little bit more resilient to take a little bit more. So I always like to use the example of like, you're walking down the street and you kind of roll your ankle Mm -hmm. off the curb. The difference between someone who's strong, it might be like, Oh, that felt weird. You kind of shake your ankle out and keep walking. And for someone else that could be, a torn ligament right. or a broken bone. Right. And and that's, that's a, you know, a, a big example, but that's just kind of how it can play into your everyday life. And I think I'm sure there are mothers that listen to this podcast that yeah. want to be able to run around and pick up their kids and, or their grandkids. Like my mom just started strength training a year and a half ago. She's 71. Amazing. And, and it's allowing her to continue all these other activities in her life that bring her joy. So I mean, I could talk about strength training all day, but I think a big part of it is longevity yeah. and, and building uh, in, in building your body to be able to withstand adversity and be resilient to it so you can continue doing the things you love and feel really good doing those things. 
Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I really love, like, I do feel like it's starting to like shift a little bit, but definitely this like focus on more of this longevity and this health standpoint versus mm-hmm. body composition or, you know, how, how our body looks. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, you've mm-hmm. done, you've done again, such a great job of really like curating that space, um, in your community where everyone feels welcome, like every size, every body type, all of that. And like strength training is for everyone. It's not for, you know, just losing weight or toning up or, you know, whatever all these buzz terms are, that it really is so important for us to do for our long-term health. And I love that your mom Mm -hmm. started so late in life and she's already reaping the benefits too, right? Just shows that you didn't mm-hmm. have to start in your 20s to have this benefit yeah. you, right? Like you can start at any age and you should start at any age. And what do you think kind of from your knowledge, what you see is kind of the right dose for, you know, again, like like the like I mean, maybe the minimal dose for, for people mm-hmm. to really reap benefits from strength training or resistance training? Well, thanks to my mom, my <laughs> athletes in life have gotten a little bit older this year. So I work with a lot of individuals that are like, I would say 65 plus. Okay. And I think for a lot of them, we start at once a week. So it yeah. might be once a week with me. And as they start to build that foundation, they start to add a little bit more. And I would encourage the same thing regardless of age. I think if you're starting from never doing strength training before, start with one quality session a week. And of course, that's a that's a small dose. But then when you build your confidence and you start to build a foundation of strength, you can then build up to two or three days a week. So yeah. I honestly, I think anywhere. And as I said before, it depends. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to make a very general kind of guideline. So anywhere from, let's say, two to four times a week. And so two, if you're a little bit newer and you're just kind of introducing it and, or maybe you're also someone that enjoys other activities that you want to fit in throughout your week and then going upwards to maybe four times a week. So I, I strength train four times a week. Um, and then I have kind of active recovery on other days and leave one day to kind of do whatever it's normally my Saturdays. It's like, I do what's going to feel good that day. Sometimes I pick up some weights. Sometimes I go for a run. Sometimes I join a class, like just having a little bit of flexibility, I think is important, but I don't, I I actually think with strength training, like less is more. And Mm -hmm. I always think of quality over quantity. So if you know that you can get two quality sessions in a week and by adding a third, that might stress you out, then focus on getting two quality sessions, space them out. So you got lots of recovery between each. So you can, you know, go hard and work hard when, you know, when you get into the gym and when you're picking up those weights and then if, if that feels really good and you feel like you could tolerate a little bit more, then add more. But I feel like, you know, with any habit, it's really hard to go zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I, I would always say start small and then as, you know, hopefully you get to a place where it feels really good and you want to continue building on that. That's when you can start to add, like that's part of progressive overload, right? So right. a main principle and strength training and I know you know this but I'm just no yeah no please do yeah is progressively overloading the body in some capacity over time so if you're let's say squatting with 10 pounds and the first week it feels really challenging and it takes a lot of energy for you to do that and then you do it again the next week and then the third week and the fourth week and by the fourth week you're squatting with 10 pounds and actually takes a lot less energy it feels really easy 
it's probably a good indication that you could tolerate a little bit more. So maybe you go to 12 pounds or 15 pounds and you gradually turn the dial up on the intensity. You don't have to do it week by week. It could happen over the course of, you know, two to four to six weeks. Um, but that's just an example of like how you can continue to build. But with strength training, an example that I thought of that I, I wanted to share was the beautiful thing about strength training is it's so scalable. Mm. And what I mean by that is I remember I used to teach a group, uh, a group session at the attic in uh, downtown Toronto. And I remember one Sunday I had one of my, one of my football players from that I worked with at Laurier, who was currently at the time playing in the CFL. And I had a woman and her mom (laughs) who it was the first ever strength training workout. And both of those individuals did the same workout, but the woman who was brand new to strength training, we, we dialed down the intensity. We, we took out some reps. We went body weight for some exercises versus my athlete. We loaded up the weight. I slowed down the tempo. Like I added some different challenges to him, but they still did the same workout. So I think it can feel a little bit intimidating going into something, but if you are going in with someone who is educated and certified and understands you know, what different people need, then you should feel like you're in good hands to be able to scale it to wherever you're currently at. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing. I was going to ask you to expand into progressive overload because I do think that that is one of the biggest missing pieces for especially women demographic who, if they haven't done it um, and they're kind of maybe getting into it around, I often find actually a lot of women um, well, obviously I find because it's what I'm, <laughs> I specialize in, but in my world around pregnancy and perimetopause and stuff like that, getting into strength training. But then oftentimes that piece is missed because oftentimes in the education and, you know, whoever they're with, that's maybe not fully understood or not fully like dosed correctly where they potentially will stay at doing like five or 10 pounds and not progress from there, right? So then, yes, it might work for a few weeks or months, but our bodies, obviously, you know, our bodies are gonna plateau if we don't, you know, switch one of those variables to keep our body progressing. So that's definitely such an important piece with strength training that we make sure that we're, you know, dosing correctly and that we're like increasing that over time. And I love that you mentioned tempo in there as well is like, doesn't always necessarily need to be weight based on what you have available, but you definitely need to be Mm -hmm. challenging your body, you know, in some way so that you keep progressing and not just kind of staying doing, (laughs) doing the same thing year after year. Yeah. I literally did a chalk talk on my stories the other day about this. So I will say the same disclaimer. I will never knock any company, gym, brand that is encouraging people to move more than they normally would. So group classes, as an example, I think it's wonderful for being part of a community. It's amazing to get people moving and especially taking the guesswork out of moving for people. And I also want to share why following a structured strength training program can be so impactful because it allows your body to gradually adapt and progress week after week without changing things too quickly. Mm. So, and and I I won't speak for all group fitness classes because there are a lot of gyms that actually like write a month's program. And so maybe as an individual participating, you might not notice that you're doing a lot of similar things over and over again. Because yeah. there's like different playlists and maybe it's a different warm up and things like that. 
but you're actually, you are following yeah. a program. But then we know that there are some, you know, companies and gyms that are just like, every day has to be totally different. Again, if it's getting people moving more than they normally would, yeah. that is a thumbs up in my books. That said, if you have specific goals that you're trying to achieve, doing random workouts makes it very challenging to reach a specific goal. So if you have a specific strength goal, if you're preparing your body for birth, if you're you know, um, reestablishing a foundation after having a baby or whatever it might be, it can be so, so helpful to follow something that will gradually progress over time. And I like to program in four week blocks because I think, first of all, the human body is incredibly smart. Like if we, it, it really is so cool to see how it responds to different stimuli but we need to give it a chance to adapt, right? Like we, we can't just keep switching things up too quickly because then the body's like, well, well okay, like I can't really, you yeah. know, get on a rhythm. So, you know, sometimes people are following programs for even six weeks or eight weeks if they're still finding something challenging or they're kind of progressing in different ways, but things don't have to change so quickly. And what I try to remind people of, because I, I have worked with some people, I've even worked with athletes that are like, why am I following the same program for four weeks? <laughs> I'm like, okay, but in reality, you're only doing that workout four times. Right. And I think some people almost think that it's like you're doing one workout three times a week, four weeks in a row. And I'm like, no, like you might have lifted and lift C <laughs> yeah. or lifted yeah, and lift yeah. C. You're only ever going to do those four times. That's actually like not a lot. So I feel like sometimes it's also just the education piece to it. And like there's so, so much benefit by being consistent with things. And it's not to say you can't enjoy group classes or, or going and doing different activities. Hopefully by following a structured program will actually put you in a better position to get more from those group classes or from those other activities that you do. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, just like that, you know, reminder to like for, for work, like working out in general, right. Where it's like, it doesn't, need you don't need to be necessarily like sweating or dying like I really have to remind a lot of my clients about that and also just this this like how things are going again in like my industry with like females especially in their mid-30s and a lot of the um dialogue being around we need to do low impact workouts with our cycles and the lack of education around strength training being low impact <laughs> because of a lot of those types of classes where maybe you are lifting weights, but it's timed, it's quick, it's whatever, you know, the dose mm-hmm. isn't correct mm-hmm. for you. So you are dying, like, you know, all of these things yeah. that go into play with what you just spoke about, where if you're doing something that is, you know, structured and for you you can, you know, that can be a low impact workout for you. And it's very, very beneficial to be doing at all stages of your cycle, at all stages of your, you know, your journey as a woman as well. So that just always really frustrates me. (laughs) So that actually ties back into what we were speaking about with the social media piece. And we were kind of chatting before we hit record about an individual with a very large platform. And she essentially was alluding to the fact that like strength training isn't low impact. So you should be doing Pilates or whatever it was. And it's like, you're doing such a disservice to 
women that follow you because strength training is in fact low impact. So it's like all these people are all crazed about low impact workouts, but it's like, you know, if you're not jumping, if you're like, if you're not doing power work, if you're not doing any agility work, like strength training in itself is yes, there is like more impact, I would say on your, or more resistance on your joints, but it's not necessarily, you're not jumping and pounding and sprinting and jump like, yeah, it, yeah. I feel like it's people think it's like one or the other and so that's one and of those things that often yeah. comes up on social media that I'm like, okay, but strength training is low impact. Like, I don't know why people keep being yeah. like, only do low impact Pilates body weight workouts. And, and then like, again, it's like when you yeah. look at, when you look at that, then it's, again, like I, like I started learning about cycle syncing when I was like 25, when I was diving into all this. And the only thing that, I mean, there was a few things, but the main thing that really was like, mm, no was that they wanted to cycle sync your workouts where it was like high intensity in the first week and then you know second week like you can do sprints and then third week do Pilates I'm like okay like um you're just not following a plan like again it's just what you just said there you're just throwing out around workouts with no structure so it yeah. was like, um, yeah. like this doesn't doesn't like resonate with me at all. And I, I was happy at that time to write some programs for women that were like building like hormone support programs where I was like, please, like, mm-hmm. please have them strength training throughout the month. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's so much benefits. Yeah. And again, yeah. like if you are having, you know, um, whatever, if you're exhausted, like you're on your cycle for sure, take a rest day. Or like if going into your cycle, you have less energy, I just like maybe decrease the intensity of the load, right? But it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily, we have to just like, then just go to yoga. Again, you can, but it's like, that's just not, that doesn't need to be the message out there. Again, there's just so much lack of education in that. And I think, again, because of women, like the not being in the weight room so much, right? Like it really, like, I think it really comes from that too. I am so happy you mentioned this because I actually work part-time at McMaster University and Mm. one of the, I do like special projects in our student staff curriculum. And one of the special projects is working with one of our student coaches on this female health initiative for female student athletes, which is amazing. Just making like resources really accessible to them. Yeah. And one of our master's students is doing research in like essentially the physiological impact of the menstrual cycle and how it impacts performance. Cool. And there's the research is still very young. Like yeah. obviously there there's a lot that needs to be kind of uh, you know we still need to go through a lot yeah. to kind yeah, of yeah. get more conclusive information. But just what you said, it's like, of course, there's going to be fluctuations in your energy levels. And yes, there are fluctuations in your hormones. But again, I think we'd be doing women a disservice if we told them that they need to be changing their workouts every week. Especially because muscle because- mass is one of the most important things for hormonal health. <laughs> yes. And... And from the from the research that has been done, from a physiological standpoint, there there is no impact on like changing your workouts to your cycle in terms of like you can still make as much gains in week one as you can in week three or in, in yeah. you know in the yeah. beginning phases to whatever it may be. So it's again, of course, like PMS symptoms play a role. Of course, there are things that will. Yeah, like maybe you do wake up and you're like, I need to take a rest day. Like mentally I'm not there. My body feels drained. Like, of course, that is totally real. But 
also in your head, if you're like, no, you know what? I can, I think I can go through this work. Like you shouldn't have to change things week to week. And that is actually a huge red flag I've been seeing on social media is women like, okay, you can only do yoga this week and then you could do strength training in this week. And then you go back to Pilates. I'm like, I really feel for my female student athletes, like what are they going to do? Go to their coach and say, coach, I'm in my yeah, phase. True, I, can't, eh? I can't practice. I can't and play like, this game. The thing is, is like, it's so tough because I want women to be more empowered around their cycle and be able to have those conversations, which again, like when we were growing up, that wasn't the case. So that's amazing. But then when there's lack of education around that, and like, that's actually like, you know, again, we can, you can share with your coach of what like cycle you're in. I think that's great for it to be more of just a water cooler conversation versus Mm -hmm. something that's taboo. But the lack of education around like what is capable of our body at that time and that we like can't go to practice or we can't lift weights, which is just like, again, like what you're saying, like you're actually seeing the research. And again, I've looked into the research and I'm like, I'm not seeing what these people are putting out there. And like... (laughs) So where are they getting this information from? That's my question. Yeah, and I well, like I mean, it's the same thing with pregnancy, right? Like if you don't have the research, then you're just like, okay, then don't do it, right? Like that's where it's coming from, right? You're like, yeah. okay, we don't have the research. Totally, like, totally. okay, yoga's not gonna harm anything, so like let's not like, just do yoga, yeah. right? Yeah. Like unfortunately yeah. that's kind of where it comes from until we know, right? But um yeah. I think like the biggest thing, you know. Um, for me is like just educating people too is like really just tuning in with you right like not necessarily Mm -hmm. like because I think a lot of the time too with this it's like you almost it's like the placebo you kind of like trick yourself into being like oh it's luteal phase like I have no energy like is that true (laughs) or it could be but maybe it's not maybe it's just because that's what everyone's saying um and you know is that actually how you you like put it in your head that you're like I should be tired yeah or I I should feel this because I, I'm so happy that you are in a position to do what you do because you are going to be that like driving force and that really positive impact in that space specifically to be able mm-hmm. to educate women on like, no, you can actually continue strength training. But it's it's just a matter of, like you said, getting more in tune with your body and not yeah. necessarily because like I've actually worked really hard on my hormone health to the point where, yeah, I have some PMS symptoms, but it doesn't stop me. Yeah. From doing things the way it what exactly. the way it did when I was younger. It's exactly. Like you you actually want to get to a place where you don't feel yeah. these like massive fluctuations. For sure, for That's sure. That's why people need to work with someone like you. Yeah, for sure, right? Yeah, we don't want to be having those fluctuations like that intensely. And the other thing I hate to see, oh, I'm getting on a tangent here, but I hate to see this is when women will be like, oh, I have a hormone imbalance. I need to stop strength or start, not maybe not strength, strengthening, but I need to stop working out or doing a high intensity or whatever. And like, why is that the first place we look? Why isn't it on your sleep? Why isn't it on your, you know, like, are you eating a ton of sugar? Like, why is it not anything else? Like why? Yeah, exactly. Like why? Maybe you're not setting any boundaries in your life and you're, you know, working like a dog. Like why are we looking first to movement? Which is probably, again, like Mm -hmm. I have had cases of women that I need to put them on the bench and actually like really no workouts because they're in such dire need. But that shouldn't be the first place we take stress away, right? Because that stress, yes, it can be a stress or yes, it is a stress from the body. It can lead us into, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of over that good stress curve into bad depending on our situation. But again, 
more often than not, it's good stress. And we need to maybe look at other areas of Mm -hmm. our life where we're not nourishing and taking care of our body. And there's so many benefits from especially strength training that it's like, keep that in as much as we possibly can and, you know, see where we can work on other areas of your health. So that is such a good point. It is so true. And, and okay. And I can see that if the case was like an individual was doing like a high intensity. Yeah. Berries every day. Right. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. F 45, whatever. Like, okay. We could take that down a notch, but you're absolutely right. Sometimes. And I talk about, we talk about this in the like strength and conditioning space. And I had this conversation with some of the coaches that I work with at Mac. Sometimes it's not so much about overtraining. It's like under recovering. Mm, so it's not yeah. so much that you're doing too much, like, that you're doing too much, but you're not sleeping enough and you're not getting enough protein and yeah. you're not, you, maybe you don't have any like mindfulness practices to help bring you out of that kind of stressful state. So it's not that you necessarily have to do less of one thing, maybe you have to do more of another. Yeah. And like, that's my approach with like, especially if I chat with anyone about nutrition, it's like, okay, what can we add as opposed to what we have to limit or take away? So I think the same could go for just like lifestyle in general. Like what is something that could positively impact you if you add it to your lifestyle, as opposed to being like, I need to stop doing this or I need to take this away. Sometimes it's like, what can I add to support it better? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Love that. Amazing. I feel like this was good. Um, Are you feeling good? We could talk for hours. I know. (laughs) I'm feeling great. Okay, amazing. Um, Okay, yeah, let's wrap it up. We were like just over an hour, so I think this is perfect. I don't like to do it too long because I'm like our attention spans these days. Um, But yeah, let's just uh, sign off with how can they connect with you and is there anything kind of you're, you know, offering or anything you want to guide them towards? Yeah. If anyone wants to find me, it's training, the number two in the letters XL. So training2xl.com. If you want to find my website at training2xl on social media, and it's Elena at training2xl.com for my email. Um, I am in a position where I actually have a couple spots open for my personalized programming. So if you are someone that is looking for support in that area, um, I'm more than happy to have a conversation to chat with you but I have a quote unquote open door policy because, you know, so if you want to message me on Instagram or send me an email, I always love being able to support people however I can. And even if that's just asking a question based off of something you heard today, or just wanting to say hi and connect, I always appreciate that too. So amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I, we could literally talk for three, four hours. I know. (laughs) And we didn't even have a catch up before this. So, you know, it's just like we we went off. Um, amazing. I will put all that in the show notes for you guys. So it's easy to find and yeah, thank you so much for uh, being here. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye.